So how you doing, moms? Yeah, how does this year find you? Okay, do you know it was, um, it was uh, President Woodrow Wilson who uh, first proclaimed that the second Sunday in May would thenceforth be Mother's Day. And so the very first American Mother's Day was uh, May 19, 1914. Now, if there's anyone um, here that was there for that one, they should get a rose. <laughs> You'd be 98, so it's not, you know, crazy. No? Anyone? Okay. And, um, but, um, and uh, in President Wilson's proclamation, um, this is what he asked. He asked Americans to give on Mother's Day a, a public thank you to their mothers and to all mothers. So thanks, moms, uh, in public, and thanks uh, to all moms, and I've got to uh, because uh, President uh, Wilson said I had to, uh, though not just because of that. I've got to thank my own mom who listens in from Michigan. Hi, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, and I love you, and can't wait to see you soon. So uh, happy Mother's Day to all. And you know, this past week, did you notice Mother's Day is coming at uh, an especially needed time this year? I mean, um, goodness gracious, what a week this past week where, um, well, really, uh, the attack against God's plan for family and marriage was very evident. It, the, the past week began with a very different presidential proclamation um, that, frankly, opposes God's plan for marriage and um, really ignores the beautiful, wonderful, meaningful, intended, uh, obvious differences between men and women that God intended and created. I found myself this past week, maybe you did too, um, if you saw President Obama saying, uh, I found myself, really, Mr. President, Really? And then even more recently, our society was confronted with a totally inappropriate magazine cover. Um, whatever your opinion is on the merits or demerits of attachment parenting, uh, we didn't need to see that. And so uh, um, Mother's Day comes just in time uh, this year in particular for us to turn to God's Word and to find out what He has to say, some insight that He has to give in encouraging us in our families, and especially today, uh, for mothers. In um, reading up on Mother's Day this past week, I was also struck uh, by a quote from one of the founders of Mother's Day. Her work helped uh, culminate in Mother's Day, um, in the creation of Mother's Day, and her name is Julia Ward Howe. I have a picture of Ms. Howe. And um, she was a social activist in the 1800s, if you recognize her name, it may be because she also wrote the lyrics for the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And um, Julia, in her life, was uh, God put a call on her. She was so devastated with life that was lost uh, in war. Remember, she lived through the American Civil War. And so Julia felt compelled to call on women and to appeal especially to you, moms, especially to mothers, to take a stand for the immeasurable value of life. Ms. Howe explains this way, her, her, her passion for life as a mother in particular, 
in the face of war and death. The question forced itself on me, she says. Why do not the mothers of mankind interfere in these matters to prevent the waste of human life which they alone bear and know the cost? I'd never thought of this before. The august dignity of motherhood and its terrible responsibility now appeared to me in a new aspect. And you can hear, can't you, in Julia, her mother's heart over life lost and wasted. Now two ideas in that quote in particular especially caught my eye. And the first, mothers bearing and knowing, especially mothers bearing and knowing uh, the cost of human life. And then that idea of motherhood uh, being a, a, a terrible responsibility. And I think one reason those two ideas caught my eye in particular is that they also caught my biblical eye. And, and two Bible passages came to mind, and these two I had never put together before. And uh, I think they belong together, and maybe especially on Mother's Day. We'll see what you think. The first is Genesis 3. You remember Genesis 3. Adam and Eve have just uh, opened the door to sin in the world by eating the forbidden fruit, and, and God shows up and, and asks them, and I'll paraphrase, what happened, Adam and Eve? And God hears the story, and he responds by uh, cursing the snake, cursing the devil, and promising that the one who we now know is Jesus Christ would come one day to defeat him and to restore shalom. And then God turns to Adam and Eve, not to curse them or to even punish them, in my opinion, but in context rather, to even lovingly warn them and to give them a, hey, heads up, kids. Here's where life is going to be especially hard for you now that you've decided to decide for yourself what's best for you. Now that you've decided uh, to be your own gods rather than allow me to be God, heads up, here's where life's going to be really, really hard for you living in a fallen world. And the reason in particular from Genesis 3 that made me think, ah, Mother's Day, given Howe's quote, is, is because of what God says in particular to Eve. I don't know if you've noticed or if you've noticed if you've thought about it. It's, it's very different than from what God says to Adam. I'd like to take a, a fresh look at the story. We'll pick it up with God talking to Eve, Genesis 3, beginning at verse 16. To the woman, God said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With pain you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Now, one note here that's important to know is that that Hebrew word uh, behind the English word childbearing or even behind that verb, uh, give birth to children, 
those words cover a whole lot more than what happens in the delivery room. It's much broader than the time where you're all saying, push! It's much broader than that pain. A, a, a far better English word that would capture the Hebrew there would be something like uh, child rearing or, or, or raising kids or, or, or having kids from cradle to grave. And that difficulty and that pain now, Eve, God says, will be especially hard and will be a real wrestle for you now, given how I've made you, Eve. God then continues uh, with Adam. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife. Men, this does not mean it's a sin to listen to your wives. Nice try, you have to keep reading. Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And Adam named his wife Eve. Eve probably means living or life. We've lost exactly what that uh, name may mean, but probably living or life. So Adam named his Eve life because she would become the mother of all the living. Such is the very word of God. Amen? And so while God emphasizes to Adam how hard his work will be in a fallen world, in his address to Eve, God zeroes in on her two most infinite significant relationships. The relationship with her husband and with her kids. Now, of course, Adam's relationships will also be tough in a fallen world. And of course, Eve will also struggle in her work uh, in a sinful world. But nevertheless, God highlights work for Adam and relationships for Eve. You don't have to look long even in contemporary studies of, of, of men and women that show how men at least typically will define and measure themselves by the success of their work. And women, on the other hand, studies show their measure and definition of themselves seem to come more from the relationships that they have and the success of those relationships. And so uh, we see again, as throughout Scripture, God's amazing insight here into man and woman, into Adam and Eve, how, uh, how he made them when when he zeroes in on at least or emphasizes at least for each of them what will be by nature especially important to them. Work for a man and relationships for a woman. And, and ladies, I, I've no doubt if I pass the microphone around today, you know, right ladies, how, um, how much deep relationships mean to you and um, 
know, many ladies, uh, women, you'll hear, it's like, you know, it, it just doesn't seem my husband or the men in my life, um, they have that much invested in it or they don't care as much. And men, I'm not ganging up on you. Don't worry, Father's Day is coming too. And, and, and I'll honor you. But um, men care too, but uh, there's something by nature um, that has a woman more suited or made or designed by God to deeply appreciate and deeply care and deeply measure life and all of it's about, all that it's about, by the relationships that she has. I, um, I came across uh, another quote from uh, a great theologian. Her name is uh, Gloria Pritchett from the TV sitcom Modern Family. And um, I don't know if you watch, but uh, a fascinating show about human nature, at least. And, and Gloria said something that uh, reminded me of, uh, of just how deep a mother's love in particular is for her children. In, in Gloria's case, it's her son, Manny. And uh, as Gloria reflects on this, I wish I could do it in her accent. I tried, but I'd sound... It's, like, it's really bad, so I'm not going to use Gloria's accent. But Gloria, as Gloria reflects on this, uh, uh, this is what she says. She says, In my culture, mothers are very clingy to their sons. In fact, the leading cause of death among Colombian women is when their sons get married. <laughs> and, yeah, while it's a funny line, it... Uh, you know, some of you ladies are like, oh, I don't think that's funny. That's exactly right. I mean, there's something there that gets at just how uh, special uh, the bond is between, you know, mother and her children. And um, so Genesis 3, uh, for that reason, uh, made me think of Mother's Day. Um, let me give you the second passage. We'll knit them together and then we'll close. Uh, the second Bible passage that came to mind um, is found in all three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And, and in Luke, at least, uh, Jesus has just told his disciples that he's going to be killed and that three days later he will rise from the dead. It's a surprise to many of us that he like point blank tells them. He does. They either forget about it later or they don't think he's serious or you know maybe this is another parable uh, but he point blank tells them that he has to lay down his life but don't worry three days later I'll rise again from the dead and it's in that context that he says the context of laying down your life for others that Jesus says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves whoever wants to Whoever has an intense passion to be just like me, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Now, moms, maybe you've never thought of um, being a wife or a mother as, as being a, a piece of that cross that you take up daily that Jesus was talking about. Or maybe you're, thinking, maybe you're thinking, yeah, I think of that every day. That's a piece of the cross that I take up. I don't know, but 
maybe for most of you ladies, um, even as I hope most of you just love and enjoy uh, uh, being a mom, uh, I'll bet most of you might say in the spirit of Chris Sage's song, I get, there are days, right? Uh, there are at least days uh, when it's hard. And given Genesis 3, maybe being part of a, uh, maybe being a mom and all that entails as being part of your cross, part of your self-sacrifice and following Jesus isn't a stretch given what God said to Eve that day. I think we can connect the, uh, the difficult task uh, of your relationships, ladies, of being less than fully fulfilled now that sin has entered in the world to, uh, to what it means to daily follow Jesus and taking up your cross. suppose we could say that um, one reason why the responsibility of motherhood includes a, a heavy cross, ladies, is because Far too often, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the men and the children end up sitting on that cross as you're trying to carry it, right? And that weight and work of your relationships, ladies, to the men in your life and the children of your life, um, I think that's what God warns about in Genesis 3. And I think it's fair to talk about that as being the daily cross you take up in a sinful world. And, and you know, I, I really say all of this this morning to encourage you, ladies, you know, to take heart um, of what Julia calls the, the terrible responsibility of motherhood. Say, well, you know, so far, Pastor, it doesn't sound very encouraging. You said, you know, by, the cross is heavy and i got to take it up daily. Ugh, sounds a little heavy. But here's the encouraging part, at least for me, and I hope for you too uh, as moms. I think it's encouraging that God immediately in Genesis 3, as soon as it all came down, he's deeply aware and he shares with Eve and he shares with you. He knows. He empathizes, ladies with how tough it is sometimes in relating to men, relating to your husband, and relating to your children. He is well aware, and his son Jesus is well aware too that being a mom is a daily cross that is to be taken up. And it ought to encourage you that he is deeply aware of that and has deep empathy for it because the one who is aware and has deep empathy for it loves you beyond measure. And he promises, if you just invite him, to be there with you and carry that cross with you and to allow you to get up each and every day and to encourage you and give you the power of the Holy Spirit to, despite sin in the world, be who you were created to be. And one note on that. Remember, why is it that God even created Eve? The Bible says God noticed Adam 
was alone. There was no one like him for him to be with. And you could really say that the reason, one reason why God created you, ladies, was to create the wonder that is human relationships. Because before God created Eve, there was no such thing as that beautiful, deep, intimate marriage relationship. Before God created Eve, there wasn't the possibility, unless God would uh, fashion some more people out of the dust. As soon as God created Eve, ladies, he created the then imminent possibility of children and the parent-child relationship. And So when God created you, and thank God he did this, and men, we ought to praise God every day that he did this. When God created woman, he really created someone who would be, bring a measure to her husband Adam and to her family of what deep and intimate and real and meaningful human relationships can be. And so no wonder, I've heard some interesting theories on why the snake came and talked to Eve. Here's one that I think is a lead candidate at least. No wonder the devil came and talked to her. I'm going to go mess up the intimacy. I'm going to go after the one who was created to form the strength of the bond of deep and meaningful relationship. Because in its turn, that'll mess up Adam and his work. <laughs> he goes for the linchpin, ladies. And I'd just love for you to be encouraged today. God knows. And he's there with you, and he'll give you the strength. The clock says it's time to go, but I want to have one brief moment just to say a few words to those of you here today for whom Mother's Day is a really, really hard day. It's always hard. Uh, every time Mother's Day rolls around, it's um, one thing any pastor, preacher, speaker will go through, you know if you do, is is you think of who's here today. And on Mother's Day, the range is really wide. I know, without a doubt, there's um, at least one woman here today that uh, barely made it in this morning because Mother's Day is really hard. There are many more mothers that just don't go to church on Sunday. Uh, I know several. Because it's an especially hard day. And it's hard because for one reason it can be hard is despite being made uh, to bring that kind of relationship uh, as a mother, uh, they're unable to because sin has entered in and messed with reproductive systems or has messed with uh, marriages and relationships and so it's impossible. And, uh, and that's hard, especially on a mother's heart because that's what God uh, ideally uh, made her for. That's a part of who she is. And maybe Mother's Day is hard because you recently lost your mom. Or maybe Mother's Day is hard because you never really had a mom. Or the mom you had, uh, she didn't do a very good job. But for whatever reason, and I'm sure there are more, uh, Mother's Day can be a really hard day. And 
You know, for you ladies, I want to give uh, this encouragement and hope it becomes a day of encouragement for you too because God knows. He knows and He empathizes with your pain. He immediately, as of course He would, picks up on it with Eve right out of the box in terms of what it's going to be. Oh, 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 Eve. Oh. The pain and wrestle now involving motherhood. So he knows. And he'll, if you invite him, he'll help you. And he'll see you through this pain. And then P.S. And I know what I'm about to say is not the same. So please, I'm not trying to insult you by suggesting this. I know it's not the same. But I have little doubt that one reason why God has his plan for church, the people of God, this family, is a place where people who have all sorts of broken relationships or unfulfilled relationships or are unable to, for whatever reason, can come and find healing. Supernaturally from God, but also in and among the body of Christ. So ladies, if you're unable to have children, or even if you do have children and you feel a call or a need or this longing, unfulfilled longing in you to do, uh, in part at least, what God made you to do when you were a woman and to bring relationship uh, to a child. Well, look around you, and when you go downstairs, there are children here. And even if that child's not your own, children who desperately need moms and dads to come alongside as a mother and father figure, oh, maybe that's why you're here. And maybe that's what you need, and God can partner and work with that part of you at least in relationship here. And I know there are kids here, Nathan tells me, who are desperately in need of moms. So I just encourage you, wherever you are in your struggle and in carrying your cross as mothers, moms, that turn to the Lord. And he'll turn his face and his countenance towards you. And even while it's not the same, you can still be a blessing, bring a blessing, and be blessed, ladies, by God's intention for you as mom. So keep standing. Keep dragging that cross. And please, ladies, keep showing. Keep showing uh, the men and the women and the kids what God designed you to show us. Show us, show us what it means to have deep and meaningful relationships. We love you moms. Can we give moms all a hand here this morning? Yay, moms. Yeah. Praise God for moms. Men, you know how badly we need them. Kids, you know how badly you need them. Love on them today. Would you remain standing, or ladies, would you join those standing? Let's pray. Father in heaven, again, thank you for life, and thank you for the life that you've given us through moms. And Father, I just ask a special blessing and encouragement and peace on those uh, for whom this day is difficult for whatever reason, and 
Father, I just ask that you would fill them with hope and love and peace in your presence and just affirm who they are as the woman you created them and let them know you care and you're there and give them a strong sense of your love and presence. And I'd ask, Father, that you would find opportunity for them in whatever way uh, to start again or to start for the first time in, in showing God's community, God's community here of what it means to be mom, whether literally or because she's a she. Father, as a man, I join them in here in blessing your name, Father, for this amazing, beautiful creation of woman and mother. Thank you for her. Boy, did you give us exactly what we needed. Thank you, Father. We bless your name for her. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Remain standing for God's benediction. I thought... Uh, just do the priestly prayer from Numbers, or the priestly bl blessing from Numbers this morning. The Apostle Paul uh, quotes it frequently, and I'm sure many of you know it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace, his shalom. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. See you next week. Have a great week, West Poles.